Three, two, one, and welcome to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, Josh Jurieff, and David Lewis Charlton. How are we doing? Hola. Good. Wet. But yeah. Good. Wet. Wet feet. Miserable, isn't it? It's like oh, so hot but wet, which is the worst. Just yeah. like Florida. Yeah. But I got Disney. aggravated there as well. This <laughs> is wet and hot and full of Americans. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but Walmart is good. Buy a gun and an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crossbow. Would you like a crossbow with that, sir? Yes, yeah. please. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without Walmart here, it's just hot and wet. Right. <laughs> it's not too bad because when you're out and about in it, it's not like you're getting cold. As long as you've got a decent waterproof, you don't get cold at the moment. I need yeah. a bigger brolly. You're still good. You do need a big brolly. You need to get a big... Well, was it a Pokemon one, you said? No, your pinstripe one. Or an Umbrella Corp. Resident Evil. Yeah. I'm going my zombie apocalypse plan. Yeah. Now you've moved down here and you're not big time London anymore, you can get rid of your pinstripe one. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get a run of the mill golf. Don't need to look the part. Do you have anything in a hound's tooth, sir? I'd like something in a hound's tooth. <laughs> <laughs> we got some fox fur on it. <laughs> Just to class it up a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, today on the podcast, we've got we're going to talk about MythBusters about being busy, um, and then we had a listener, a member question. Just about external perceptions and comments on your fitness journey, on dieting, on your time in the gym and things like that. How to deal with it, um, why it might happen, um, and a little bit of our, I guess, experience of that. And hopefully that'll get into a bit of a general chit-chat and conversation. Um, bit of a ramble, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Josh... Mythbusters, it's your corner. It's always your corner. Cue uh, jingle. Ding, 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 ling, ling, ling. Ding, ling, ling. Ding, ding. So ding. good. <laughs> so good. Oh, we need to like just record that section. Yeah. And that could be the intro and outro of everything we do. Uh-uh. Yeah, so being busy. Um, as Rich said, um, kind of a knee-jet reaction to... Um, well, just general walks of life and just how the trainers go. Oh, yeah, busy kind of that perception and um, how you, I guess, break that down and, and kind of, well, piece it all together, right? Yeah, I think it's not it's not kind of the 20-year-old PT version of telling a mum of three to be like, oh, why can't you just eat out of Tupperware 24-7 and train six days a week? Like, it's I don't really, get it. I've got loads of time for it. That's really possible. It's the... Yeah. A bit like when you go into a shop and someone says hey, how is your day? And you just go, yeah, fine, thanks, and carry on walking. It's that, how's your week been? How's your weekend? How's your day? Oh, yeah, busy, really busy. It's that knee-jerk reaction rather than any kind of like self-reflection or auditing on whether you are busy or not because I think it can then become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy of I say I'm busy, I feel busy, I have lots of things in my head rather than writing it down and planning it out. Um, like I say, it's not about calling people out that are actually busy because we all have busy times in life and people do have a lot going on. So it's not specifically about the PT version of why can't you fit this into your life. But I think a lot of the time it just becomes a knee-jerk reaction. I've noticed this as well since we started the studio, being self-employed because it's kind of the thing to say. People say, oh, how are you? Like, how's work going? Oh, busy. Yeah, I'm off my feet, loads going on. 
because I think that the perception is if you don't say I'm busy, people are like, well, why not? Well, like, why aren't you busy? I get like, that with, like, even at the school. Like, how's the, how's the studio? Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's good. Not You're not busy. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's normalisation of it, isn't it? Yeah. And as soon as you normalise, <clears throat> you should be busy, then you just start looking to fill your time rather than mm-hmm. yeah. enjoying downtime, mm-hmm. purposeful downtime, and just thinking, oh, shit, I should fill this with something even if it's not purposeful or needed yeah it's just sort of that ticking the box of general normalized culture of yeah. you should be busy mm. you're yeah. a bad person keep grinding because like how David Goggins yeah it goes that way doesn't it I bet you see it a lot in London like not many people now talk about a sort of 40 hour week it's like oh, I did a 60 hour week or I did a 70 hour week and not to say that sometimes that isn't needed and yes like other careers and other jobs are very different but it's like filling time for the sake of it and mm. I think telling yourself you're busy all the time telling yourself I need to do this having that little rosette almost like yeah. I've done I've a bit done of badge this. of honour yeah. what's the quote of being like a, a busy fool um, where you just end up like filling space filling time with stuff for the sake of it mm. um, so yeah that's I guess the little like myth buster rant I think a lot of the time is just thinking on it, we had it a lot, like say as PTs, and if you, I think the, the reaction now is if you say you're not busy, it is, why aren't you busy? Well, that means you've got time to fill, why aren't you filling that time? Yeah. <laughs> and then it becomes a bit of a downward spiral from there. So yeah, not the, why aren't you eating chicken and rice and prepping your kids' meals at four o'clock in the morning so everything's running to schedule, um, but just a little bit of self-reflection on it. I think it can help a lot of the time as well. Because the more you tell yourself something, then the more ingrained it becomes, I guess. Were you busy on the weekend falling into brambles, Rich? Hectic. (laughs) Just looking at your leg and you look like you've just been thrown your right leg. I was slammed. (laughs) It's like Freddy Krueger. Excuse me? Just checking out my legs. Yeah, hard (laughs) not to. I'm glad you haven't got sliders on today, so I don't see your weird... My foot muscle. Yeah. (laughs) Flexing. Yeah. Monday. We'll make this Monday a video. Grind. When it's a video podcast, I'll wear flip flops. <clears throat> I just need to get a pump. <laughs> cool. Uh, so that's Mythbusters chatting a little bit about being busy. You don't need to be busy yet. It doesn't need to be the reaction all the time no. of I'm busy. Um, and then we had a question from a member, or well, a couple of questions, but we're just going to tackle this one because we started to talk about it last week and it took up quite a lot of time in the end, I think, even just mm. chatting between the three of us. But about um, external perception of lifestyle, fitness habits, dieting habits, um, eating protocols, I suppose, training protocols, uh, you know, training when you're on holiday, all that kind of stuff. How do you deal with it? Why does it happen? Um, do we need, and equally like, do we need to reflect on it sometimes from our own point of view? Um, is it a valid question? Is it a valid questioning of what we're doing? Um, so yeah, anyone want to dive in on that to start us off with? I guess we'll talk a little bit about personal experience as well, because when we started talking the first kind of 20 minutes, everyone's had this at some point, a comment from friends or family or... Being judged, Someone man. in the gym, yeah. 
being judged for trying to get sweet, sweet gains. <laughs> um, I think this is also a quite a normalised thing, even though really it shouldn't be. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's very easy to look from your own perspectives and your own thoughts and looking through your own lenses at things on other people and thinking if you couldn't personally imagine yourself living that that fitness lifestyle mm. that someone else is you assume it comes from a an extreme place such as like rich said if someone wants to train on holiday versus they feel they need to train on holiday and if you yourself you'll have your own belief system about training on holiday and it's whether you then extrapolate that to other people and uh what's it called push your impose on yeah you sort of push your inputs and belief systems onto others um and like rich said it's good to be a bit self-aware and then question yourself of where those beliefs come from before questioning and making judgments about other people's belief systems especially as social media is now it's easy to see so many different fitness lives lifestyles from all extremes from one end of doing absolutely nothing to doing absolutely everything and being a fitness model and then there's everywhere in between and where where do those belief systems come from and i think yeah it's a very good idea to self-reflect Sometimes it's yeah. not so easy to do that though, because you might not like the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look into the mirror too long. I think that's a lot of the time, isn't it? Like you say, it's the context of, you know, training away. We'll, uh, we're using it as an example, but training on holiday. Say someone going out for a run in the morning, or going for a, going to the gym, or going for a swim, or whatever. For someone that might be the idea of I have to get up and force myself to do it because I need to or I feel I should. For someone else, that might be what a great opportunity to go and train early in the morning when normally I'd be at work, I've got flexibility to do that or what an opportunity to run, have a look around the local area of where I am. And that is very very different same situation but very different to two different people depending on their setup their outlook on it their history of training and all that kind of thing so i think like david says that's a lot of the time you know for example we've got a lot of members um from rv that have run marathons and then to a lot of people that could seem like the worst thing in the world like why are you making yourself run a marathon why are you doing a marathon but to a lot of them that's I get to run a marathon, like I can't wait to do it. Mm. Charlie just these weekends done New York, like absolutely loved the day. For a lot of people that might be an idea of hell. And I think that's it, isn't it? It's the perception of looking externally at that through your own lens and thinking, but how she's making herself do that. Whereas to her it's I get to do this. I mean, I, I see that I don't have any ambition or desire to do a marathon, but from Charlie's point of view, like. She loves it, which I get. And then also you get to... I've never been to New York. I imagine it's lovely. And then you get to see the site. So it's kind of a two-on-one. You get to do what you love, your passion. And then you get to see some cool stuff. And mm -hmm. meet, obviously meet people. And I hear the pizza. It's amazing. So there's 
quite a lot of things you can get involved with when you kind of start you know like you rich with all your events and stuff you can see different people different places i don't meet them. anyone no i love it all but not the social <laughs> <laughs> like next year in Ibiza, like you can go out there you can you know get on the beers yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, get stuck in yeah exactly and uh yeah then go running but yeah i can see the appeal yeah. i can see um why people do it it's just not my ambition yeah, so, yeah. it's that that's it isn't it it's being introspective both from someone like mm. asking the question and from the person that's being asked the being <coughs> asked that question so for example like going out for dinner and saying you don't want a dessert like quite often that can be a key one where yeah. you know if someone's starting to focus in a little bit on the nutrition or they've got a specific goal in mind and things like that the person asking the question of why don't you want that dessert doesn't understand the whole context to that individual's <coughs> day week month year wherever that might sit yeah. and the decision making process behind it they haven't just gone i'm not eating that dessert and i'm not eating any sweet stuff or whatever it might be um, there's a bit more context and thought process behind it. And equally, if you are asked that question, a lot of the time I think reaction can be to kick back on it. But like David says, a little bit of introspection sometimes can help if that person has asked me that because it's not a time in their life when they're focusing particularly on their nutrition. They might not train. They might not um, worry about it too much. And that's why they're asking that of me because they're coming from a completely different mm. viewpoint and different standpoint and not to take it as an offence or anything like that. But I do think it's equally important that people asking the question have a little bit of a thought of why they're asking that a lot of the time yeah. and why they feel the need to comment on it. Because similarly, you know, the other way around, you wouldn't say, <laughs> friends might do, but... Um, you know, finishing off someone else's dinner and eating a dessert, you're not going to turn around and go, bloody hell, are you having a dessert as well? Or have you eaten a lot? Do you know, like, that should be equally as socially unacceptable as to, like, ask someone why, you know, drinking alcohol is a classic of, like, you turn down a beer, like, oh, no, I'm all right, I'll have a Coke or something. Mm. Why aren't you drinking? Yeah. Why don't you want to drink? What's, What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. And you get that absolute knee-jerk reaction of constantly of, like, why don't you need that? And I think that should be as questioned as the other way around yeah. like someone saying haven't you had enough mm. like you've had a bottle of wine are you sure you want this and this and this yeah. like i don't know would do they get perceived the same I'm, i don't know i can imagine it's if you see someone doing a behavior you th consciously or non-consciously think you should be a bit more aware of or doing mm. there's that bit of oh uh uh, you sort of go into, not threat mode, but you then start to push a behaviour onto someone because it makes you feel better. So if you want a dessert and everyone else say there's five of you mm. and f four of the others say, no, I'm good, I don't want a dessert, you're sort of, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you get or maybe there. you sort of question them or push your own lens onto someone else and say oh why not or, or, yeah. and then if you can make them have a dessert it makes you feel better about having a dessert yeah 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 um whereas <clears throat> especially amongst friends you should be able to just let them do them and you do you mm. 
because again, there's so many different contexts of, again, just using dessert as an example of why someone would or wouldn't want a dessert. Let's say if you don't want a dessert, it could be simply as objective as they're all shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want one. There isn't one that takes your fancy of, hmm, I want that, versus, say, on the other end of the sort of woo woo extreme of, oh no, I'm just challenging myself to show myself that I can do things mm. that I want to and say I'm going to do and then allowing someone to to chase that behaviour. Yeah. And there could be anywhere in between those two sort of objective and subjective decisions on why someone's turning down a dessert and it's it's up to them on whatever context they want. Mm. If you want the dessert, have the Go dessert. Yeah. If you don't, don't. Yeah. The peak Christmas social is going to be interesting. It's going to be like a Mexican wave. Whoever goes first, everyone look around the room and be like, no, nah, I'm all right. I'm right. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Versus, yeah, good. I'll have the cheesecake. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have dessert. I'll have the cheesecake. I'll have the cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just look over to me and they'll be like, oh, you've gone yeah. for starter, main and dessert. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mine's going to I'll be that. two mains. Wait, that. you've ordered a, another burrito? yeah. yeah. Yep. Two mains is yes, a better option. That's, that's a good option, actually. Two, just two mains at a Mexican, I think, is a good shout. Yeah, I might bin off the cheesecake. <laughs> Wait, why are you yeah. doing that? I want cheesecake. Don't make me yeah. feel guilty. <laughs> it is difficult. I think, like, Nachos, slightly, slightly playing devil's advocate from the other mm. side is that a lot of, out of context, a lot of, quote-unquote, fitness behaviour or diet protocols could be seen as disordered behavior mm. or disordered eating extremes. or disordered yeah extremes yeah. for example out of context and so you know from your point of view if someone does ask that question they're seeing a bit like social media seeing a snapshot of your decision you know i, I always remember reading part of um the tick sheet or whatever they call it part of one of the the signs of disorders e- eating is influence on social occasions and things like that and you know pops up quite a lot in fitness like and we talk about it a lot with clients of managing social situations Mm. and certain things you know if they're super frequent and someone's got a time constricted goal then yeah they might have to forgo certain social occasions or eating or drinking or something like that and so that does I guess technically or could fall under a checklist of that disordered behavior but it's the context behind the whole thing and it's the why they're doing it it's not the i need to do this surrounded by guilt or surrounded by a really extreme body image or something like that it's if yeah exactly it fits into the rest of my week the goals that i've set myself and the time frame that i've set myself so a lot of the time the context behind it which the person asking the question isn't necessarily seeing can be really important um i think yeah as as someone into fitness and health having a little think on that of why someone's asking that question of you and seeing it potentially from their perspective can help the situation and you know not not make you come back with a knee-jerk reaction or uh, especially if it's a family member i think a lot of the time it's like oh you know you've started going to the gym and you're not really drinking anymore and this and this and this and within families that can be like a snap reaction of well maybe you should be going to the gym a little bit more and start a bit of an argument just having a bit of a think of why they're asking that what's their perspective are they like david says imposing something on you that they're 
they feel like they should do, potentially, uh, a behaviour that they should be um, better at, potentially, or um, is it that? Is it they're just not understanding the full story and the context and maybe explaining that um, can make the whole situation a lot easier? I mean, I had that with when I first started training in the garage back at home with you, you know, the Argos one, mm. 129.99 pound spin lock, <laughs> York weight. And then my mum and dad stopped me weightlifting because I was mm. getting too, quote, hench. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I did. I, was, I, I loved it. I used to, you know, get back from college um, or hockey training, just do some weight. And I had mm. a little routine. And mum's like, oh, you're getting, you're getting too, I don't, don't want you, you know, going down that route. And I was like, what do you mean that route? Yeah. And then, yeah, her bias just got imposed on me and I, I, they, they banned, yeah. you know, the bro gym of Bramwick Close, number 18. Now you walk around your parents' house in like a tight t-shirt, like, yeah. call me hench one more time. <laughs> <laughs> See, you okay, yeah. guy have a steroid overdose. <laughs> I, I had it, I remember um, a friend of mine, like, me and him started getting into the gym. I think we were about 15, 16, rugby coach at school. Uh, started taking protein shakes. We were both like super skinny kids and didn't really eat an awful lot. Mm. And his mum banning him from protein shakes yeah. because, yeah. oh, he's getting angry and the protein shakes are making angry. Like That was like really yeah. early stages of, no, it's, I mean, only as much as a chicken breast is making him angry. Like, I yeah. think the, the misconception from the outside world for sure is not quite fully understanding it and being like gym supplements steroids i guess like they, yeah this is what i said to my mum a couple of years ago well probably more than that but i was like why did you do that and she's like well i all i knew about the weightlifting was schwarzenegger so mm. i knew that he was doing steroids so i didn't want you going down that route <laughs> okay yeah yeah just yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't do that um but yeah the uh yeah, it's, a, it's the lack of education, I think, with some generations, um, especially my parents' generation. That, that mm. was the main kind of drive with that. And it was, um, yeah, laughable now, because obviously if T and Jake want to lift when they're older, well, let's go. Yeah. That's Bicep one of the, girls. That's one of the biggest things I find with, well, general misinformation, but especially mm. fitness misinformation, and not to always bring it back to social media but especially on social media, yeah. just because everyone now has a platform, including us, and we will put our own information out, but that's mm. our perception on, that's our sort of reading into the research and the reading we've done, and then integrating that into everything we know, and then giving our best opinion mm. on things, um, which I know a lot of other people will do, but at the same time, there will be, malicious people out there just just marketing and wanting money rather than yeah. trying to help and i know it's not always easy to distinguish between the two um but it's always a a sort of i believe that rather than banning information there should be more quality information out there to help people better make better judgment calls because like yeah. you say if navigate it better more information on protein shakes would help someone not push their extreme of don't do that that's basically a steroid yeah. whereas if you understand it's just protein and there's no hormonal effects it's not going to make someone angry you're like oh okay well i can calm down on my own yeah. opinions and behaviors and not push 
Yeah, and if you do, others. yeah, and if you do need to know what uh, what's involved in supplements, you can refer back to our latest pod, our second <laughs> podcast on this. See, little plug. Like uh, so yeah, refer back to that. When we go on YouTube, the link will be up on the top right, <laughs> <laughs> next to the Hugh one. Just come on. I like personally and anecdotally because being a bit um, like you say and like. Josh saying, I think early days when your parents react to it a lot, and a lot of that is around concern and safety and thought mm. for a child, isn't it? And yeah. you get, and it's a lot easier to look back on that now. But the time when you're a teenager and you turn around and you're like, I'm going to the gym and I lift some weights, mum, leave me alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> South Park episode, Carmen yeah. gets hench. <laughs> um, and that's like really tough when you're younger. But I think both. For me, like both on the eating and the exercise scale, I've been at like fairly and like I was going to say different ends of the spectrum, but probably always more towards one end of the spectrum. But having to think when people question what I'm doing, having a little bit of think myself of, you know, is this behavior normal? I do stuff now like training wise for sure that I think for the vast majority of the population looking at is extreme in terms of the volume of training and things like that and there's definitely been points with that when say for example with home or something like that and I've put it before other things or social occasions and stuff and I again my knee-jerk reaction is I'm doing this because I really like it I've got certain goals and things like that whereas I have to go you know can I move that around can I push that here and I think I've got better of that over time so there is a little bit of a, it's not always a, the person questioning you is in the wrong or questioning you for the wrong reasons. Occasionally it can be, you need to be a bit introspective and be like, oh, can I chop and change a bit? I'll definitely, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll definitely think there's been points. We had a little interruption there. Apologies if it's not quite coherent, but um, there's definitely, yeah, jingle us back in. Um, there's definitely been points where I've had to actually think about it myself, my training, and is it positively, negatively impacting things around me? And how, to what degree do I accept a negative impact mm. versus a positive impact on things? Because there's certain times where you're going to have to turn stuff down and going to have to be a bit um, selfish, I suppose is the word, mm. and do certain things if you're chasing a certain goal. But then that doesn't mean there isn't a degree of flexibility. You know, you're doing it for fun at the end of the day or yeah. fun and health and fitness. Um, and so, yeah, there's you, you have to kind of question it a little bit on how much of a negative impact is this having? And am I willing to sacrifice that for whatever period of time it may be to reach a goal or to do what I enjoy doing? And I guess within your circle itself, within your peers, not necessarily your family and kind of friends mm. outside, like the general pop, like it's normal. Right? Yeah, exactly. Training you know like, I mean? like training seven days a week, like fourteen hours a week, it's like it's pretty normal. Yeah. Like you say about social media, it's really easy to be like you follow a load of people doing the same thing. Yeah. And so it's like, well, that's normal. It's I guess a wake up call would be when one of your peers go. Hey, doing too much do you know what I mean like if you go one of your mates that you run with all the time like 
you're going yeah. above and beyond yeah, consistently yeah, yeah. and you're getting silly injuries or whatever it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go, actually, yeah, good call. Yeah. I've done this wrong or I need yeah. to scale back on this and reflect more. Yeah. I think like you say, injury, yeah. fatigue, all of that kind of stuff is a can be quite a good Indicator. measure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I think it's especially Stru- especially in strengths. fitness, the the community you sort of follow a fitness regime within will have a big impact on the general behaviours, skills, habits and things mm. that you yeah. learn and pick up on. Yeah. Um I think we sort of touched upon this in the the defining success and sort of health and happiness and performance so for example if you join a crossfit community they have a culture of elite yeah mm. elitism ish but that's because they do the crossfit games where their title is literally the world's fittest, fittest yeah. athletes so of course the natural community involved in that would be performance based objective yeah. realities and improving performance rather than for example health and it's just talking about oh just do some things that you know a little bit here a little bit there that will help improve your quality of life mm. there's yeah. no actual you don't need to achieve anything objectively yeah. it's just how your day-to-day thoughts feelings how your body works within climbing upstairs mm-hmm. etc and the community you join, depending on their vision of success, will have an impact on what behaviours they push onto you, mm. for better or for worse. Yeah. Talking to a lot of people in here recently as well, from our perspective, is if you're coming and training here consistently, like a couple of times a week, that puts you in a very small percentage of the population. Um, and realising that because it's really easy to be like uh, all my friends do something and I think for all of us playing sport over the years that generally puts you in those circles like that however much we think it is that's not the norm within society of consistently playing sport or consistently exercising it really really isn't the norm Um, and so giving a bit of context to that a lot of the time Recognising as well, you know, I spoke to a member here about this the other day, whether you're a person who um, will let themselves, is whether you're more likely to be a person that is going to push themselves too hard versus not enough. Um, and that can be quite an important indicator, I think, a lot of the time, just questioning, you know, maybe like I'm tired today or maybe I shouldn't train today am I someone that like relentlessly pushes myself and is very unlikely to miss sessions and all that kind of stuff versus am I just someone that always needs this bit of a push and it's always tough for me to get going and get into the gym understanding that about yourself it's a really hard thing to do and it's not going to work all the time the all or nothing personality yeah Yeah. for sure it's a really hard thing to do Um, because the quote I like to remember for that is and it's a skill and it requires knowledge to be able to make the right call sometimes you get it wrong but mm. it's just simply to remember when to grit and when to quit so it's mm. when oh I'm a bit tired today but actually everything is good you're just a little tired yeah. you could go in and still have a session versus actually I'm feeling a bit run down it might be the start of a cold and when you actually sort of reflect on everything going on in your life 
things are busy rather than just, oh, I'm busy, mm. um, as a myth busted. Mm. Uh, then that would be the time when to quit and actually give yourself some more rest. Yeah. yeah. But that requires knowledge of the big picture rather than yeah. just, oh, I'm a bad person if I don't train seven days a week. Mm. And yeah. again, it's that personality type versus wisdom. And like Rich says, it takes practice. It's not exactly like yeah. you walk out the first gym session, you go, oh, you know, that was too much. Or, yeah. yeah. I've, um, I use like a 20 minute rule for that. I'm um, going to say, yeah. I love this rule. There's other stuff. <laughs> I'm going to sit and listen. There's, uh, <laughs> there's other, there's, uh, there is other indicators and you can use tech and things like that. You know, people use heart rate variability and all that kind of stuff that can help your decision along the way sometimes if you use it quite a lot and quite intuitive live it with it but um yeah i have a 20 minute rule that if i'm not feeling up to something which is quite often with sessions i'll commit to doing 20 minutes of that session and usually by then that's given me a good indicator a good gauge of whether i'm i was just being a little bit lazy on myself or whether i actually needed a rest and fatigue because 20 minutes into the session for a lot of sessions that's kind of the warm-up um and then you can decide whether no i actually need a break and i'm going to call it there or no actually now i'm in the swing of it i have actually got the energy for this and it was just i didn't particularly feel like doing it at the time or you know if the weather's crap or whatever it might be yeah. commit to doing 20 minutes i did that on sunday actually weather was pretty terrible i was like i'll just get going and then suddenly I was a couple of K into the run and I'm like, no, nah, actually I feel fine, this is cool. Um versus versus um I got twenty minutes in, though I still feel fatigued and terrible and mentally not into it, then I can cut it short. Um but I think that's quite helpful a lot of the time. And you can use you can change that for yourself like it could be i'm just going to get into my gym kit and get to the gym or mm. i'm going to get to the gym and you might get there and still feel not into it and then you can do something a bit lighter or just knock it on the head for that day or go to the swimming pool or whatever it might be yeah. and just bob around um but yeah giving yourself that opportunity a lot of the time because then you can also correlate that the longer and longer you go in your fitness journey you can then correlate that of I remember when I felt like this, I did 20 minutes and I knocked it on the head. So you can start to see sort of patterns, start to feel, no, this is actual fatigue versus I'm not just being a little bit lazy because the weather's not great or I don't quite fancy doing it today. Yeah. Or I'm not quite in the mindset. Um, but I think all of that stuff takes time for sure. I was just thinking of Jake having a birthday party yesterday and it was goals football mm. <laughs> and he was chucking it down he looks at me I'm outside too so is Tilly we're watching him and he just looks at me goes puts his hands up and goes, well I'm wet already you might as well carry on yeah and he got back in he's literally dripping he went that oh, was really good fun I was like yeah. okay lad yeah. yeah this also sort of links in with I think I can't remember when we were chatting about this but the difference between sort of I see a lot of it on social media now where it's uh, are you motivated versus disciplined yeah. And when people sort of say, uh -huh. oh, you know, yeah, it's, it's the difference between, oh, are you disciplined versus unmotivated? And people saying that it doesn't matter when they're unmotivated, they have discipline yeah. and they'll carry yeah, on and do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my opinion, they're always motivated. 
mm-hmm. consciously or non-consciously, they're probably, whether it's work or fitness, whatever it is, the context will be that they like doing yeah. that thing. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just that when they feel a little bit... Busy. Fatigued, tired, or they're busier than normal, yeah. and they're like, oh, I didn't want to do it, but I'm disciplined, so I yeah. did it anyway. Yeah. I'm like, no, if you truly didn't want to do it, <laughs> your body would be like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm yeah. disciplined to train arms, but not disciplined enough to like do the ironing or something at home. Yeah. It's just, it's just like you say, you just people mistake discipline for just a bit of a passion and a bit of enjoyment for something. It's like, oh, I went out in the rain or I trained when I'd had a bad night's sleep because I'm disciplined. It's like, no, you just like doing that and you... It's slightly less comfortable than normal. Yeah. But it's not uncomfortable enough to make you stop. Yeah. Because if it was, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone was truly, quote unquote, disciplined, can't see my air quotes, then they'd have a perfect life. Yeah, in all aspects. Yeah, 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 for sure. They would be disciplined everywhere. Yeah. And there would be nothing that they could say, oh, actually, I'm not doing as well here because otherwise, well, why not? Are you unmotivated? And you can use their own principle against them. Yeah. So therefore, again, there's something, there's more to the story than just being disciplined. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to think that a lot when I started personal training and people used to say it, it's like, oh, you know, you if you train someone that's super successful in their work life and a lot of the time yeah people externally would say oh you've got a ceo or someone that does really well at work or something like that that must they must be really easy to train in the gym because they've got that discipline and they've got that motivation and very quickly you say that it doesn't translate because exactly like you're saying it's not discipline Mm. it's a level of whatever they're getting from that whether it's enjoyment, whether it's financial reward from owning a business or whatever it might be, that is, that's what's keeping them in it and that's what's pushing them. It's not just discipline to do the same thing over and over again. They're getting something from it at the same time and that didn't necessarily cross over and correlate with fitness. Because I think you see that an awful lot of people that are, and you see it in fitness, people that are super quote-unquote discipline motivated successful mm. in one aspect of life but not in the other if it was true discipline you'd be able to carry it yeah, over yeah. it would yeah. be a, yeah um yeah that's a good point i think also like you say if if they get something from it that can be you can't really use the word motivated but if they get something positive from something mm. that's what pushes the discipline whereas it can also be the other end of the spectrum they might have fear of failure and that's what pushes them to be disciplined yeah so for example in fitness if someone does have something a disordered belief system about fitness and they say oh it's raining outside Mm, i'm not going to but i'm disciplined yeah actually it's probably because they might have a bit of guilt or shame or beat themselves up if they don't go yeah. And they're using discipline as an excuse to push yeah. a negatively biased belief system and yeah. and habit because it just justifies their poor behavior. Yeah. And they don't have to internally look at why 
why they're doing it. They can just say, yep, discipline, rather Take. than, oh, yeah. I don't want to feel sad about myself. Yeah, mm. I can't sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. So it can either be one extreme of a positive sort of undercurrent of why they chase things, but similarly, a negative undercurrent of why they avoid mm. something. Which one it is, who knows? That's where, again, self-reflection and self-awareness can be good to question your own thoughts, feelings, behaviours. Again, mm. it just might be difficult. Same yeah. as like what we've been mentioning about the dessert and, yeah. and All fitness behaviours. All links end in that. Even like, I know there's a lot of hot debate about having calories on menus at the moment from what I can see. And then I think it's very similar to using the scale as a data point for weight loss mm. and how some people can be triggered by having calories on a menu, yeah. whereas technically it's a neutral data point yeah. that should help, help people make yeah. more informed decisions. And I think anything that helps general population make more informed decisions about anything is a good idea yeah. if someone is being triggered by having calories on a menu I know it sounds harsh but there's some underlying belief system mm. positive or negative that's influencing your perception of having calories on and it's probably a good idea to talk to a professional about it rather than just digging your heels in and saying it's a bad thing for everyone you shouldn't have calories on a menu no. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I th I personally think that having calories on there is a positive. You can just have that. Okay, cool. I've got this to work with. I fancy that I can just be flexible, manage and manipulate as I see fit, and go from there. Versus, I was surprised at the difference in because I was checking out because even on, I was looking at the Domino's app because it was Sunday and it was after four o'clock and all supermarkets were closed. I was like, oh. I'm not going to have dinner. Mm. Um, and then my go-to is to check the Domino's app to see what goodies they've got on. Oh, yeah. But even just having a look through the difference between a pepperoni passion and the meteor I normally get yeah. is ginormous. Mm. I remember when we first set out the studio, we got a whole ton of menu choices, didn't we, from Phil Lenny. Mm. And they just had Nando's, they had Cafe Neal, they had Starbucks, they had Domino's, KFC... And then when we sent them out to our like members, they're like, "Oh my god, how how many calories are in a like KFC burger?" Mm. And you're like, "Yeah, like the our big daddy or whatever it was, mm. it's like two thousand for a burger." And they're like, "Shit." I think that's. I it. normally have two of those. Yeah, I so, think that's it, isn't it? It's like it's, it's education and understanding, and uh, I was gonna call it like deceit. But I guess it's just kind of pulling the wool over people's eyes as yeah. to like how much something is in calories of like, because they're calling it a meal. And so people's perception of a meal of like, you know, the um, GDA of 2000 or 2500 calories. So they're like, oh, it's a meal. It's from a mainstream restaurant. So it must be roughly this to fit in with the yeah. calorie amount. Whereas, yeah, like you say, the reality of it could be 2000 calories for a one burger or one yeah. meal of like burger and fries and stuff like that and so it's just a bit of understanding I think a lot of the time that's the biggest thing we get back probably is just shock isn't it of people yeah. since calories have gone onto menus it's like yeah shock more than anything of like bloody hell this is what I'd normally have I didn't realise it was yeah. that much 
And it can lead long term to an awful lot of frustration because people feel like they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. out for a meal. Yeah. I just I went yeah. out, but I just had a normal what we perceive as a normal meal. Like you say, I had a starter and this. So I didn't have dessert, I didn't have that much. But that could still be 3,000 calories, like way over their um, daily intake. And then putting them into back into a surplus if they're aiming for a deficit or whatever it might be yeah. and then it leads to a, a level of frustration so yeah i do think it's like net positive for mm. sure even on the small things i didn't quite realize how many calories were in the dip yeah, yeah. Shit, like, is it like, like 600 or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like wait Normally be like, what <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah. so again i think that Papa John's is worth i think it's way. also good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have garlic butter and it is just chock a block. Crazy. But I tend yeah. to think it's things like that that tip people out of reality with calorie counting. Yeah. People mm. tend not to they just count the calories on a meal rather than adding ketchup. Yeah. Mm. And someone can add a lot of ketchup sauce yeah, I'm looking yeah. at you. <laughs> uh, to to food and then yeah. they don't realise how that affects their overall calories for the day and again like we sort of mentioned the whole sort of purpose of this of of you know people judging giving questions and not understanding your sort of reality and goals just like with if someone wants to count calories like rich was saying at the beginning it's the context of whether it comes from a positive place or a negative yeah. one if someone's counting calories because they want to be more informed and they want to try and lose weight for whatever reason they want. That's, that's their choice too. Um, it's, it's not perceiving of why you think something might be an extreme, whereas it might not be them. They might be able to look at all of the calories on a menu and just from a neutral point of view, have data and make more informed yeah. decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas someone else might, count calories because they're fearful of putting on weight yeah. and it comes from a negative point of view and so of course that person probably shouldn't use that process mm. to achieve their goal just like weighing someone on the scales it's a neutral data point if it's negative for someone there are other methods of trying to use it but not to push your perception and sort of I guess biases onto other people and assuming mm. that they have the same and it, it if it comes from a negative place from you it might not be coming from a negative place for them yeah and that's okay so even even an extreme like rich was saying about his amount of exercise it's not coming from a negative point of view he's not beating himself up to achieve these things like you were saying you get a buzz from running someone who doesn't get a buzz from running probably shouldn't do as much running as you yeah 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 it's, it's yeah I, Sorry, go on. It's kind of the equivalent of like, yeah, like you say, volume of training sounds like a lot. 14 hours of cardio, whatever a week, could sound like hell to some people. Equally, sitting someone down of saying we're going to do 14 hours of spreadsheets or something to some people will sound Ooh. like hell. To some people, they'll love it or not mind it as much. Um, so, yeah, that perception is really key. I think experience yeah. in it all really helps as well just kind of thinking on it that 
you know, for us three, we've been doing this for years, really, like the personal training side of it. We've also been doing the fitness side of it. We've encountered a lot of questions, objections, um, ridicule, I guess, in yeah. some places for Judgments. what we do, um, how we train, how we eat, all that kind of stuff. And so it's a lot easier in time to shrug it off, as we've talked about, understand where it's coming from. And we're fairly strong and driven in our own principles, methodology, understanding of why we're doing it um, versus someone that, you know, we have a client that's two months into their journey and someone says that to them. It's a very different mm. and potentially far more impactful, potentially more harmful yeah, um, comment than it might be to us. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to sort of shrug off or or talk back to or potentially at like reflect on why they're saying it um so it's it can be difficult and definitely can be more difficult i think in the early stages of fitness and your journey and that's having faith in someone that's supporting on that doing it for the quote unquote right reasons um i think that side of it's sort of super important um because I think initially, like the question initially came from someone that's relatively new comparatively to yeah. someone a bit more into what they're doing anyway. Um, so yeah, definitely in early stages and people don't like change. And so if you've got friends and family around you and they see you losing weight, bettering yourself, getting fitter, and it's a change. You used They'll... to be my 10-pint drinking yeah, buddy, yeah. and now you're not. Yeah. Ah. They're, they're going to question it. Um, and so that's difficult as well. Just change in general um, can be quite a big thing for other people around you. So I think understanding a lot of that and understanding the context is super important Yeah. Um, sure. to not get too overexcited with it. Mm. A plug for one of my favourite but very American books is... The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm -hmm. And in it, one of the, so one of the principles is uh, seek first to understand, then be understood. And so basically, it's understanding both sides of a story for you and the person you're dealing with. And so rather than pushing your biases onto other people, you should first try to understand their context so how they perceive fitness, how they perceive eating, how they perceive yeah. everything under the sun within fitness. And then you can then sort of have a better position of asking and and understanding where whether their behaviours are coming from a positive or negative place. And then similarly, it can also help you to understand your assumptions. Oh, actually, I thought this of them and this behavior whereas actually I didn't know it can come from a positive mm. place mm. so again like it's sort of how to deal with with people imposing their belief systems on you especially in fitness I think it's important to understand that there's two sides to well two sides to both stories yours and theirs and the self-reflection of understanding whether your desire for whatever your goal is fitness wise whether it's losing weight getting stronger six pack arms health whatever it is 
where that belief system, where that goal has come from, and whether it's coming from a positive place or a negative place. And then similarly, the person questioning you, not just assuming their intent is negative. Yeah. They might ask a poor question, but it comes from a good place. They just have, like Josh was saying earlier about the misinformation about protein shakes, yeah. their intent is positive. They don't want you to go get all steroidy and proteiny. Mm. Whereas so it's enough. just the misinformation. So it comes from a good place, yeah. but it's perceived negatively. And so it's, it's very difficult because it requires conversation, social skills. It requires time and effort. But if it's someone you care about, you're probably going to have a conversation with them anyway. Um, whereas if it's a random stranger or any comments on social media, it's probably a good idea to have a little bit of a wall up. Yeah. To be like, oh, thick skin. I'm not going to put the effort in to understand where mm. this comes from. Yeah. So tell yeah. me to jog on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, really good topic. Great area of conversation. Um, Thank you very much to good place to wrap it up there. Um, I think it's a wicked topic of conversation. One of those ones I think we talked about last week where we'll just get into a bit more of a flow and there's there's open-ended, yeah, ramblings. ramblings. There's open-ended topics all over the place on that one. Could go on for a long, long time. Um, we've all had our own individual interactions with it from our point of view from clients that we've trained uh from stuff that you see on social media it's difficult can be a bit of a minefield and it's hard to navigate a lot of the time um hopefully this episode and this conversation's given you a bit of context behind that especially if you're new to it um you've wondered why we ask probing questions yeah <laughs> and how to oh, how to deal with it potentially to understand you better quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so yeah i think that's everything from us because we are very very busy so we've got <laughs> cramming straight into a session now double busy <laughs> <laughs> excellent cheers guys good chat and we will catch you next week Bye-bye.